Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Mike Warren, who just finished watching President Trump's speech at CPAC. And I still can't get used to the phrase President Trump at CPAC, Michael Warren. Well, start calling it uh, TPAC for, for Trump Political Action <laughs> Conference, because uh, it's going to be that way for at least the next three years, uh, or at least next year, he said he's going to come back. Uh, so President Trump will be speaking at CPAC for for who knows how long. Uh, it's interesting you did that TPAC, the Trump t- takeover of CPAC, if you will. Um, I, I, our, our colleague, Bill Crystal and I, on the Crystal Clear podcast with our friends at Podcast One discussed that. And I've suggested that maybe it was more like VPAC, that what Trump is writing is not a loyalty to Trump the guy, per se, but it's victory, that he won. And a lot of people thought for sure Hillary was going to win. A lot of people are still thrilled that we've got you know, Republican government. How much do you think it is that people are buying into Trump's vision and how much are people just grateful that it's our team versus their team? Uh, I don't know. I tend to believe that that people, at least conservatives, are sort of more buying into the, the, the idea of victory and winning. Um, I mean, if you listen to Trump's speech uh, at CPAC this year, it's there's a lot of things that he mentions that really don't have used to not have any purchase among conservatives, uh, things like uh, sort of bashing of uh, free trade, uh, the the uh, criticism of uh, of the George W. Bush foreign policy, a lot of different aspects uh, of of things that you know I you know going to CPAC, covering CPAC over the last uh, ten years or so. Uh, used to hear you know speakers talk about all the time in positive terms. He was sort of denigrating them, and uh, uh, and and was getting loud cheers in response to it. So um, I don't know. Have, have people, have conservatives, really changed their mind on a lot of these issues, or uh, are these the kind of proclivities of of Donald Trump, the things that Trump cares about, and because he's there, because he's the president of the United States, uh, the folks who are gathered there now, who are calling themselves conservatives, are just uh, celebrating him and, and pretty much anything he says. I mean, there was a moment, Michael, where Trump talked about uh, how much he likes Bernie, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and and the crowd went wild. And I thought, well, that's that's kind of interesting, isn't Bernie Sanders the antithesis of everything CPAC and conservatives are supposed to be about? But President Trump said it. That that, that was that was an astonishing moment, and. It- as is often the case with Donald Trump, he criticized Bernie, then said he liked Bernie, then said he didn't really like Bernie. But there was definitely something pro feel the burn in there somewhere. What jumped out at me was watching a group at CPAC completely trash the George W. Bush foreign policy when it comes to Islamist terror in the Middle East, which was, of course, to not just fight on defense, but to go on offense, to topple the regimes that were funding and sponsoring terrorism, to uh, plant, uh, to, to create an island in the heart of the uh, jihad-friendly region for pro-democratic, pro-Western life, and to have that model then spread. Some of us would argue that it actually was working until the Obama administration decided to leave Iraq to the tender mercies of ISIS. But CPAC, I mean, he he was, as you pointed out, cheered when he talked about what a mistake it was to fight that fight and everything we did in the Bush years on foreign policy was wrong. Yeah, well, let's not forget that CPAC has always had uh, sort of very different strains of conservatism uh, represented. You've you've always had, a, particularly in the last 10 years, a very strong kind of 
Ron Paul uh, libertarianism that that was always sort of there. Uh, right. At various different years, it was either larger or smaller than than the than uh, than the previous year. Um, but th- that was certainly a, a, an aspect and, and sort of a rump section of CPAC that would have been cheering that kind of talk and, and often did. There were sort of more straightforward libertarians, um, you know, paleoconservatives who disagreed. So, I mean, th- th- this is not sort of unusual to hear that. What's unusual is to hear that coming from the uh, – he may not be the keynote speaker, but the, the top speaker right. at CPAC, the, the president of the United States. And, and, and that shows you, I think – not just that Donald Trump has has sort of taken over and taken control of the Republican Party, uh, but the conservative movement, uh, as we've sort of understood it for the last 35, 40, 45 years, uh, now has a new leader. Uh, and he spoke about this as a movement we haven't seen ever before in the history of our world. It's a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, <laughs> he, he is taking over a movement, or I would argue – uh, really sort of co-opting and, mo- and taking a movement and, and moving it into into his direction. Now, whether or not that is something that has larger purchase uh, throughout the country, I think that is not – we don't know that yet. I mean he is – he does have uh, some really kind of dismal poll numbers, particularly on a lot of these issues. He did win the presidency sort of making a case for his economic nationalism kind of message um, – and, but I, I guess what I was struck by is uh, the, the jury's still out uh, uh, throughout the country on whether or not that is something that the, the, the country really, truly wants. But the jury's not out among CPAC, among the people who are active enough in the conservative movement uh, to want to uh, spend the money and, and take the time to come visit uh, uh, CPAC. They're all for it, at least at the moment. And, and that's something new. Uh, well, the phrase has always been politics creates strange bedfellows. I think this is yet again a case where victory has created strange bedfellows. If Trump had lost, I don't think there would be like a Trump, a strong Trump ideological movement. But I love the fact that you mentioned the the strains at CPAC because I remember Ron Paul getting cheered. And so think about how far you have to go ideologically to go from the Ron Paul libertarian, you know, view to the strong nationalist government view. It's 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 strange. One last thing. It's a little more mundane, but probably more important policy statements. Were there policy statements on uh, immigration or trade or foreign policy, et cetera, that you heard in the speech that we should keep an eye on as the Trump administration moves forward? Well, no, I didn't hear anything different uh, than uh, what we heard from Trump during his campaign speeches during the election uh, or anything we've heard uh, talking points from the White House. Um, there was a little bit of hint at, uh, at at sort of what we might expect from health care, uh, you know, but but again, there's nothing different. He's he's for repealing. Well, he didn't actually use the word repeal. He's for improving Obamacare, for getting a better healthcare system than the one we have now. Um, you know, this is the this is what you know. The more important speech, I would I would say for for what you're asking about, uh, is going to be on Tuesday, uh, where he gives a joint uh, address addressed to a joint session of Congress. Uh, although the White House is telling us that we're not going to get any details on that either. I, I, here's what I was struck by, Michael, uh, when you're talking about substance. What are the, some of the big issues that uh, conservatives supposedly care about? The the Supreme Court. I didn't hear one word 
about the Gorsuch nomination uh, from Donald Trump in this speech. Maybe I maybe I wasn't listening at the moment where he did, but I don't think he mentioned that. That, <laughs> nope. that seems that was kind of a surprise. Um, uh, didn't really hear much about tax reform. Um, again, these are kind of boring issues, and maybe CPAC isn't the forum uh, to have this discussed in. But it, it struck me that what what the substance that people really reacted to in the speech. Uh, were, were basically the greatest hits from the campaign, you know, building a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to destroy ISIS and, and sort of obliterate them from the earth, these sorts of things. None of the details. It would have been, I think, a, a good opportunity for Donald Trump to kind of uh, lay that out and make a case. But in the, in the end, why should he? They're all with him anyway. Um, so it really was sort of a uh, a, a probably a, a big ego boost for Donald Trump uh, to go there to, to to speak to a group of people who were hanging on every word and loved every word he had to say. So uh, no details, but I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Steve Bannon says that what President Trump is doing is if you had listened to his speeches on the stump, and as you point out, we just kind of heard one, he's keeping his promises from the speech. He's almost maniacally dedicated to keeping those promises. So uh, the, the stump speeches continue because at the White House, they're considered policy. Michael Warren, thanks for joining us and giving us your take on uh, President Trump's speech at CPAC. Thanks, Michael.